Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome to the podcast, or if you're watching uh, live in the Facebook group, then give us a thumbs up, give us a like, and say hello as well. Uh, today, I'm joined by Paula, and Paula is the founder and owner of Clip It Grooming. What, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing, Bill? Yeah, good, good. Are you having a busy busy month? We are. We it, It's actually proving to be really, really good. I, I suppose August is a time where I know groomers normally go on holiday, um, but also it's at the same time, it, it's a, it, we're at a month point that where people new are coming into the industry, Mm. So they're, they're looking for um, equipment and stuff to, you know, to start their college course. Yeah. So it's pretty bu- busy for us. You're, you're actually, I just had that thought, you're actually probably a, a quite a good um, tester for the industry because you must see the, the peaks and troughs as new people are entering the industry as mm. like new equipment's being brought. So you're probably quite a good person to speak to when you're looking at opening a dog grooming school or something like that. Well, across the board, you know, many people might not know or some people do know. I've actually been in the industry for over 35 years. So I know the peaks and troughs. I've also been through two recessions of of the pet industry. Um, So, you know, and and truthfully, you know, I, I know, you know, with the pet industry over the past years and I know, you know, 35 years have moved on from where I first started. But normally the pet industry does particularly well in a recession. So people don't go on their holidays. They don't buy have a new kitchen, but they carry on buying for their pet. Yeah, definitely. You know, two recessions and a pandemic. I mean, you could never never plan for that, could you? You could never plan for that. No, most definitely. And I think now the pet industry is at a very good place because, all, like you say, in the middle of the pandemic, people were buying uh, dogs. um, And now there's there's a huge area for, you know, dog walkers, more groomers, you know. So, you know, it, it's a very thriving industry is the pet industry. Yeah, and um, there's a question in the big group today, actually, about, you know, I've, I've invested a lot of money into my training and I'm worried that there's not going to be the customers out there. But, you know, yourself, you've been through recessions. Our dog grooming business, we've been going 18 years. It's, again, two recessions and a pandemic. It's still going. We're still going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hair will always need to be cut. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, before we start talking about Clip It, let's talk about you and and how you got into the industry 35 years ago. Well, um, it all stems, you know, I I left school and um, I I started out in this world as being a chef and I was working very, very unsociable hours. And in my early 20s, my dad was um, developing, manufacturing um, liquid products, basically, for... Uh, companies like bubble baths and stuff like that Mm. and he he said to me look you know do you want to come and join me and I joined him and uh, literally you know was thrown into a totally different industry to what I was very comfortable with and at that particular time he was approached by a veterinary laboratory to develop evening uh, evening primrose oil shampoo because there had been an awful lot of research done by a, a, a scientist called Dr David Anderton who looked into treating dogs that had very bad skin complaints and uh, they they had used evening primrose oil to treat the skin. So uh, they approached dad at the time and this actually obviously opened up uh, us as a business into the pet industry. 
And dad formulated the product with having pure cold pressed evening primrose oil going into a shampoo and um, put it forward to their analysis. Nothing was heard. And this was before computers was around. This is this is how far we go back. And dad just wrote the formula on the back of a fag packet. And uh, they came back like 18 months later and said, you know what? We want to make the shampoo. We've got a big pharmaceutical company that wants to market it. And when dad went back to find the formula, he lost the formula. He lost the fag packet, basically. Oh, no, so I'm putting the bin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, they went their way and we went our way. And we thought, well, there must be something about this. And and lo and behold, that was the start of the company, Groomers. And so I was the founding director with my dad that started Groomers. So I was basically running it out of uh, a bedroom, selling Groomers shampoo. It was like selling double glazing windows to you know to people very hard um but the induction i got through the induction and literally you know i went on to grow the company groomers and uh, and i came out of that in 2015 and played around with um a service sharpening in uh, business that i had and then Clippit grooming came around and it all came around from <clears throat> me developing the clippit suit for um, people to wear, whether clipping horses or dogs, and and the rest is history, as they say, Bill. So with with groomers, you're you're mm-hmm. going out there. How did you? How did you? Because obviously this was pre Google, pre Facebook, yeah. pre all of that. Mm-hmm. How did you find? How did you find the groomers? Were you out and about on the roads, like going into every town and trying to find them? Or you know, we um, <clears throat> we started off by um, having um, a very very small niche range of probably about no more than twelve products. And we would go and do every open show. We would do every champ show. We would go to crafts, talking to, you know, breeders and exhibitors. We didn't We didn't even have a stand there, actually. And I, I think it wasn't until, like, uh, the mid-90s that we decided to take the leap. And I've still got the photos today of our first trade stand at crafts. And, um, and, we, and we really believe, and I still believe today, if you can get breeders and exhibitors trying your products they are really like the the sales bed of your product because they love your product they'll tell all those new puppy owners this is the product that you got to use and from that it involves into like groomers you know professional dog groomers want to use really good shampoo and you know but going back I can remember when you know dog groomers used to go to the local hairdressing supplies and buy cheap 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 nasty shampoo and used to strip their hands and so the industry's come a long long way from mm. you know that, those days I have to say you know I suppose we've got to give the industry a bit of credit as uh, you know pet groomers love to get out and about they love to go into the trade shows and I've always been impressed when I've when I've gone and had a stand at like groom fest and all the different um trade shows and also the, the grooming competitions as to there's always a good turnout, isn't there? They love to get amongst it and, and go to these things. Well, you say that, Bill. I, I truthfully believe that you know the industry could do a whole lot better. We've got we have a whole 12 months of dog grooming shows. I've never known so many dog grooming events. I've never known it. And the thing is, you know, dog groomers need to continue developing themselves. And, you know, and, that, and when I t- speak to students, I give them one piece of advice. 
go to dog shows, don't go to crafts, go to grooming events. Even if you come back with one little golden nugget mm. of how, you know, you look, you can see a groomer in the ring. She may well be, you know, using a technique on a pair of scissors that you think, oh my God, that, that is, that's my golden nugget. And it's worth getting in the car on a Sunday and going to these shows and supporting the industry. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, I was thinking, I was just reflecting then, what what would my business look like if it was like 30 years ago, 20 years ago? I'd have to be getting out there, out and about. I wouldn't have the, the Facebook groups and stuff. I'd have to go and knock on rumours' doors and, and say, like, how's your business going? It'd be completely... Yeah, and, uh, and this is before the internet, because more than anything else, I was, you know, we were, the only way we could get our information out was creating a catalogue. Yeah. But when I was at the height of when I was at Groomers, every year I would be doing a 300-page catalogue to launch at Crufts. And I can't tell you how stressful that was between <laughs> September and the end of February because it then took two weeks to print the damn thing. And they were then delivering the catalogues on the first day of, of, of Crufts. And that was the only way at the time we could get out, you know, and market our products. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened, uh, obviously, um, you moved on from groomers. What happened with your dad? Did he retire? In the, in he the- retired, yes, he retired. And he went on to um, set up this sharpening company that, um, again, you know, he had moved on, set up another business. I basically followed his tails, as they say, Bill, and I bought his sharpening company. So, you know... And all this experience that I've had. So, you know, when I was at Groomers, I was, you know, innovating, bringing in new products, you know, bringing dryers, grooming tables from all over the world. I traveled all over the world to find great innovative products that I felt that would benefit the UK dog grooming industry. So, um, so you know, it, it's a case that I'm very fortunate that I can talk to groomers about what you know what what scissors is right for 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 them you know because that is a whole whole area of you know uh information that is mm. just blows you know the average dog groomer's mind because you know when i go to colleges i say to students um why have you, what those scissors that you bought why have you bought it and they'll go i don't know it's even my mates told me it's pretty because it's pink or it's cost because i can buy them cheap on amazon and I said, yeah, but actually, are those scissors in front of you what you need to yeah. start your business? So, you know, so I can talk to those groomers about that. Um, uh, I can talk to people about whether they want what type of bath equipment they need for a setup. And so all this education has actually flowed into Clippit Grooming. And, um, you know, so, you know, I, li- I launched the Clippit um, Quattro Cordless Clipper last year that's doing really, really well for the business. And I will always continue to innovate and develop because that's where my passion lies, is bringing new products to market. This podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Lowpay is half the price of SumUp and Zettle, so you keep more of the money that you earn. Rates start at 0.79%. Yeah, in the last, probably last 10 years, the industry's exploded, hasn't it, equipment-wise and mm you know, scissors and brushes and combs and, and everything, it's all come on. But Clip It Grooming came about, as you said, just from a, a one-piece grooming suit. Tell us about that. What, what inspired you to make that? Well, again, I'm very passionate about horses. I've ridden all my life. I've competed um, on three separate occasions um, for England. So I've always had animals around me, and uh, mainly horses. And I, uh, in September of 2015, 
I was on a beach somewhere in September and I had three horses and I thought, oh, God damn, I've got to go and clip those horses. And all I had at the time was like one of those paper painting suits. And, and as soon as you put your leg in it, you tear, tear the leg. And, and it was just I hated the hair. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to make a, um, a an all-in-one suit to protect so people can get out and haven't got to worry about the hair. And so I designed the Clippit suit, and the Clippit suit has now, if you go to Instagram and look at Clippit suit hashtag, it's getting on for nearly 2,000 images just for that hashtag. It's got a very strong following here and overseas, you know, we 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 we're very fortunate that the the, the clip it suit itself has just sold itself, um, and we are doing an awful lot of work on it for this year. We want to re reproduce it, restyle it. So you know, because obviously, you know, horse clipping season is not far away. We're only two and about probably eight weeks away. So you know, that season will be around again. It is. I mean, it's it's not just easy isn't it to go out there the, the suit's going to have to be what is it waterproof hairproof there's there's quite a lot of bits to it isn't there well you i i, I always say to people it can't be waterproof because if you were wearing a waterproof garment my word you'd be like a sauna <laughs> yeah that's true that's true um so um so yeah it's totally it's totally hair resistant but you know the nature of hair people don't quite realize in the nature of hair hair gets everywhere you know it, it gets in the seams of clothing so you know um even though you know bill we say it's one you know well, i wouldn't say it's 100 it's 99 hair resistant but because the material is really technical it can you know you have to be very careful that um you know the way you wear it and the way you care for it because again because of Hair is attractive. If you rub a uh, balloon up and down your your clothes, you know the static produces and it. The balloon will stick to you. Yeah. That's how hair sticks to our clothing. So it's drawn to us because of the static. And I always say to dog groomers, if you're wearing a hair resistant piece of uh, a garment, I would always recommend washing it in vinegar, couple of uh, every couple of weeks. Because the vinegar adds acidity back into the material. And I always recommend, whether that's for my garments or other brands of garments, if, if you are wearing a, a garment to protect you against it, you should protect, you should look after it because it's there to design to do a job. So, um, so yeah, the clip it suit, yeah, totally breathable. Um, step out of it. You haven't got a particle of hair underneath, Bill. And it protects those parts. We, we obviously, I live with a pet groomer, so I know I know where those hair splinters can get to. Oh, nightmare, <laughs> aren't I? I know. Yeah, and yeah. also it gets in your washing machine. So even if you, even if you don't um, do any clipping, I expect you know your wife's put her washing in the machine, and then all of a sudden your t-shirt's got hair on it. You know, or well, plus the five dogs as well on the cat. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So, like anything, like with innovation, with new products, you you're so you thought of a problem. I've got a problem, and you've gone out there and, and you solved it. And that's like the baseline for any kind of business that we do. Pet grooming is exactly the same. People yeah. have got a problem. They need they need their pet their pet to have a haircut, and we go out and solve that problem. So it's it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. obviously comes to things that like laying on the beach and think, oh shit, I've got to clip my horses. I'm going to sort this out. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 do you know I, I we've sold thousands and thousands of suits over the years, 
And, you know, we've seen some great testimonials and, you know, it's, you know, even like Alan um, Davies, who uh, is the groom for the very well-known Fallegro dancing horse that represented us, the UK in 2012, the London Olympics, ridden by... Um, Oh my God, my brain's gone. Anyhow, he uses the suit and um, he uses the suit and endorses it. And so when you get big names like that using it, um, yeah, it's very humbling, Bill, to um, very humbling to have a product out there being used and endorsed. Yeah. And is it who you know, like when it comes to manufacture, do you, do you go out and um, speak to many people or you got your, now you, you've probably got your trusted manufacturers when it comes to things like this now? Well, you know, um, I get approached every week by different manner, uh, manufacturers all over the world. Um, and I, I spent a long time in China um, visiting factories. I know exactly how the, the manufacturing process works in China. You, you have to be very careful, you know, because, again, like when I launched the Clip It Quattro last year, you know, you're putting, you're putting your brand out there for criticism. And, uh, and and no one wants criticism over their products. Um, don't get me wrong, constructive criticism is good because, yeah. you know, you can just keep evolving and, and the product can, you know, get better. Um, and obviously at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want to duck away, but I always like to try and find a solution to people's issues. It may not come overnight, but, you know, we know <clears throat> some of the issues and we're always working to improve it all the time. Yeah, and this could be like years worth of a development, can't it? It's not. It's like you said, it's not an overnight process. If you're if you're changing or starting from scratch, this is like years of work. It is, and and truthfully, you know, I've got I've got a new product, a new business in the pipeline, which is absolutely amazing, and it's totally nothing like grooming equipment or anything. It's still to do with pets, still to do with grooming, and um, we're at the, we're at a, a process, and it's been been developed by um a chemist and i've been working very closely with him he's in hampshire and uh, we're working on this product that um works with natural products but it also um it kills viruses it's a real biosecurity product line mm. and we've been able to put it into a shampoo a spray um, um, disinfectant for like hydro baths, you know, and um, and it and it's anti rust. So if you, even if it, because when you look at it, it looks like water, and it is a it is a mind boggling um, product that I'm very proud that I am be, I've been associated with it, um, and uh, yeah, and and that hopefully will be launched by October. So. Uh, is yeah. this again something that you thought of, or were you approached by a chemist to say? Well, the thing the, the thing is, though, you know, being in the industry for quite some time, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know in this world. Um, and I think it was a case, it was through um, a common friend and obviously the networking that, you know, you do. Um, and, yeah, and obviously they came to me knowing, you know, Hopefully I can bring something, I can launch this into the pet industry. You know, it's going to be available in wipes. And, you know, we've had it under test now for a long, long time. And some of the results that we've seen, you know, like uh, we've had it being tested on horses that suffer with mud fever and the results uh, um, 
like a 90% improvement within three days. You know, some horses can struggle with this for months, years. Um, and it really is mind boggling. And uh, so, yeah, that that's that's being launched in the autumn of this year. So, uh, yeah. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. So, yeah. What was it like um, opening up Clippic Grooming? Obviously, you had the experience from groomers and the, the sharpening. Did you spend like a long time finding all the products that you wanted to sell and and uh, and researching like what you wanted to put onto your website and what you wanted to offer? Again, uh, for me, um, Bill, you know, it's um, the products that have always got to sit there in the quality range. I've always been told you you got to be Waitrose, not Woolies. <laughs> well, yeah, Woolies, Woolies no longer exists. Woolies is no longer. Tells you everything, doesn't and, it? <laughs> Paul, Paul Wilco, that might not be much longer either. Um, but you know, I, I always want to make sure that you know the products that I develop and put my name to are of of an excellent quality. Tr- truthfully, I like I like the word game changing, and it's used quite often with my products. And that is that is the uh, strategy for driving the Clippit brand going forward. It is to bring innovative um, uh, products that will make people's lives easier. Yeah, make uh, and you, we know that when our lives are easier, or we become more efficient within business. Yeah, obviously, uh, it's more profitable as well, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and uh, and you know, I, I also per- personally, I like to build relationships with my customers. <clears throat> dog, dog, the dog grooming industry likes to have. An arm put round them. They like to feel that someone is there at the end of the phone that they can talk to, because you know some some of these groomers that are working on their own. It's a very isolated industry. Mm. So you know we are here. Um, you know as a supplier, you know we like to put our arms around our customers and we like to build personal relationships. You know I had a, I had a customer this morning that that was messaging me at six o'clock and said, you need to jump on this Facebook group. I think somebody needs your help. That's the sort of, you know, community that I want to build around my business. Definitely. Yeah, and, that, and, you know, and I think it's, it's nice connecting with business owners like that, because like you said, if someone does have a problem, you know, if I get a post put into my group saying this has happened, I'll quite often reach out to the business owner first to see if yeah. that can be like rectified before, you know, publishing the, the post and everyone seeing it. Because yeah. it's that good old fashioned customer service, isn't it? Oh God, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing, you know, it's not about just bringing a product to market. It's the aftercare. Hmm. And um, and d- don't get me wrong, I, I like most people like to sleep at night. <laughs> and um, you know feel feel the comfort that my customers are happy with us um and i love you know when when i see our trust pilot reviews that come in or our views that come in on um you know on our web page oh i i get get quite you know my husband says oh get over it i get really excited or i get really depressed you know if, there, if there's someone that's got an adverse comment and i think oh why did you have to go and do that why didn't you just pick up the phone and you know we, we could deal with it directly you know that's the downside to the internet you know i think you know the problem is a lot of people don't realize who are behind businesses because it's all internet based that's why i like to get out to the shows meet my customers you know, talk to them, uh, you know, and build a relationship with them. Um, and, and I and I think sometimes nowadays that is lost. 
Yeah, I suppose that's our role as business owners, isn't there? And it's the same for um, pet groomers that are business owners. Is You've got to get out there and you've got to show your clients and your customers who you are. And yeah. people buy from people. So if you've got a very strong brand and yeah. a very strong personality and you're out there helping and, and caring for your customers, they're going to come back over yeah. and over again. Yeah, I believe. And I think that that's the way forward, Bill, really. It is, it's, and that goes back down to the personal, you know, the per, personal service, really. Yeah, for sure. So, what um, what products do you stock? I had a I had a look at your your website, but maybe if someone hasn't come across uh, Clip It Grooming yet, what what items? What do you? Well, stock? we 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 go. A majority of the products are own branded, so it's it. Um, you know, a, a majority I would say is all Clip It products. So, you know, even like the scissors and stuff like that. They have all been developed, like I said to you, off my experience um, and knowledge. Outside of that, we can um, supply everything that, you know, you a groomer would need to set up. So um, we do the student starter kit that, you know, is a great kit that's got our clipper in it, our blades, attachment combs, scissor set, everything. And it comes in a lovely bag and, you know, you, you need to jump on and get your student discount. And when you get your student discount, that goes from about six seven nine down to about five fifty delivered to your door. So that's a great starter kit. Then you know if you want grooming equipment, and that can range from blasters, dryers, grooming tables, blood, you know, baths, you name it. That package is there as well. But recently, we, we have also set up our business club. Now, if you're a dog groomer, um, you know a lot. Why should uh, as a dog groomer buying as a business have to buy the same prices? that you would do as Mrs. Smith that has her dog groomed in your salon. So we've now set up a business club. And if you are a legitimate dog grooming business, um, obviously you have to fill out an application and obviously we do our checks. Um, You can actually buy from Clippit at wholesale. And And the criteria is you have to place three orders within six months over a certain value. And um, Helen that works for me, she deals with all the students, she deals with all the business club owners. And, you know, that's a great way for um, dog groomers to save on that, you know, on general prices of dog grooming equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is a student, you said about um, claiming their student discount, do they have to have a a student card or how would they go about? So they can go on. They can go onto our webpage, clipit-grooming.com. There's in in the contact section. They is on a drop down. There's a student uh, page. Click on that. They fill out a online form, and basically the the details are what college are you training at, what level are you training at, and when did you start, and when are you going to finish. We will then obviously um, give that student a discount code. So all the time that they're training they can go on and get preferential prices um, and it's roughly about 10 to 15%. Obviously, some products are better than others, but not only do we give them preferential prices, we actually give them extra free education. So every couple of weeks, we will drop in like crib sheets, like how to tension your clipper blades, how to oil your clipper blades, what scissors to look for, all that extra information that they get getting from, from us. Um, so, and it's, a, it's a, and let's say it's a great, it's a great program for groomers, you know, new groomers to, to join and get to understand what we're at, what we can offer them as a, as a business really, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you'd be a great one for uh, getting into about statistics as to, you could probably tell us where the work, we're in the country, like 
most people are learning to groom, you know, what level they're going to be grooming at, you know, yeah. what, what courses they're doing. It's really interesting. Well, do you know what? Years ago, I used to be a director of the pet industry. So and I was also the chairman of the British Dog Grooming Association. And now we're talking we are talking probably about 15 years ago. But the statistics 15 years ago that all the new groomers that came into the industry, 18 percent of them left the industry within the first year because they found out it wasn't the job what they were, you know, that they were all led to believe and don't forget you know this is going back 15 years I don't believe nowadays that percentage is anywhere as high as that because you know I think people now um you know are coming into the industry and I, I think they really have a clear mindset of they want to do this and and I have to say most people come into the industry and I'm always actually really shocked at the, the, the career that they left. And I've met people that have been police officers, a lot obviously, you know, leaving, you know, the NHS and all that. And, um, and, and it's out of the passion of loving their own dogs and grooming their own dogs that they want to become a dog groomer. And that that's the statistic, really. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, 18% then, 15 years ago now, yeah. I think if you're coming into an industry and you, there's so much material available to do your research, you know, speaking to other groomers, the Facebook groups, the the trade shows, the talks, there's there's so much more information out there to make that decision before you go and invest in those courses. Yes. So yeah. hopefully people have their eyes open as they as they come into the industry. Well, you know, truthfully, there, you know, I you know, there's been a huge topic of late in the industry about regulation within the industry. And and I can I can see both sides of it. And when I was a director of the industry we actually did try to regulate the industry and actually a groomer said to me oh a couple of months ago Paul will the industry ever get regulated and I said no not a hope in hell so she said why is that I said it's not so much about regulation how are you going to police it Mm -hmm. that was the biggest stumbling block about regulation within the UK because I understand you know I can understand a groomer down down one end of the street is trained and then you've got a groomer down the other end of the street that's been in the industry for 20 years and has got nanny rights. And I can understand, you know, both sides. I think the problem, I think the problem, you know, people get upset is when people can go on, to on, on these online tra- training courses and less than £100, you can, you know, you can learn to, you know, clip a dog. Um, so that that's the area that is, is challenging. But truthfully, Bill, I think I, I, I can't ever see this being regulated it, the, the the issue there i suppose i, I agree the uh, the issue always comes back down to money doesn't it when we yeah. look at um the, the licensed dog breeding dog breeding programs the licenses for dog breeders the government made the legislation and it's easy for them to make that legislation but then passed enforcement onto the councils mm. councils have no money no, <laughs> exactly councils- that the councils have no resources to to actually do this, so it's it's a very poor. Well, it's probably good legislation, but it's very poorly enforced or uh, yeah. postcode lost as well. Depending on which council you you live in, probably you might see someone, yeah. or you, you might not. You might never never see anyone. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, the veterinary world has got the RCVS, and again, that's probably a very big organisation which probably has a lot of resources. Um, to deal with internal issues with their yeah. with their license bets, so it comes down to money, doesn't it, and resources. And, 
and exactly that. And like I say, you know, we, we were going around this in circles like, you know, 10 years ago. And, um, and it, 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 you're right, it all just boiled down to money and whether the councils literally, you know, and you'll get some councils are better than other councils, mm. you know. Um, and, and that's why I say I think it's an absolute minefield to, to get yeah. the regulation for the industry. Yeah, and we saw this in COVID um, when it came to councils and using the grant. Obviously, the councils were given this money, but we were very fortunate to be in Ashford Borough Council, and they were very proactive. Once you'd um, completed their their application form for the grant, they just kept they kept reusing the same application. But yeah. 15, 20 miles away, if you went to the next borough council. Yeah the people there were really struggling to get their hands on the money. And that just illustrates the, the how different councils are run and lack of resources. Yeah. But I did think, you know, coming out of lockdown, whether the government or whoever, like, looks at taxes and, and stuff might have gone, bloody hell, that pet industry is a bit busy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it would draw a bit of attention mm-hmm. um, to pet groomers. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. they will at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think so, because, you know... I, I think, like I say, knowing I've been in this industry as long as I have, and do you know what? Everyone wants a bit of the pet industry or yeah. a bit of the dog grooming industry. And uh, and I I do see it, actually. So, yeah, watch this space. I'm sure somebody will be looking at that, sniffing about that. Someone at HMRC will come, come across a report one day going, wow, we put a lot of grants out for uh, pet groomers. What do pet <laughs> groomers do? <laughs> yeah. I did wonder, but... Going back to um, going back to what you were saying about um, you know people leaving their careers to become pet groomers, there's a lot of passion there, and and people have been stuck in um, nine to five jobs or government jobs, and they you know they they've realised their passion or they've always had that passion for pets, and, and I see a lot of COVID stories where people have been put on furlough or mm. if they're a part of the NHS like worked to the bone and thought why you know what this isn't what life's going to be about so they've they've looked to leave the industry and retrain as a as a pet groomer yeah yeah for sure most definitely you know and 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 uh, there is plenty of dogs to go around and plenty of cats yeah and I was talking to someone yesterday and it's like it's about creating pet grooming as a, a career you know, mm. making people see that, you mm. know, now pet grooming can be a really worthwhile career. It yeah. can make you good money mm. up there with everyone else. Mm. And it's transforming that mindset of the, the pet groomers, but also the, the customers as well to see to see the industry for what it is. It's a career. Yeah, it, it, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. But, you know, at the end of the day, Bill, groomers have got to look after themselves because, you know, at the end, you know, there's a lot of groomers that have been in the industry for a long, long time. And I think groomers could actually help themselves by looking after themselves better. Mm, um, and, um, you know, there's, you know, you, you, there's a lot of groomers that suffer with carbonyl tunnel. There's, you know, back aches. There's, you know, lifting dogs day in, day out, besides the fact that you could get bitten and, oh, it goes on and on and on. And I just sometimes I don't think the dog groomers take care of themselves enough because yeah. it's a hard industry, you know, yeah. very hard. In, even though it's rewarding. And most people, most dog groomers are very, um, you know, creative because that's what they're creating is what's in front of them. But they don't actually take time for themselves either. 
That's it. And, you know, it comes back down to the sort of money mindset and, you know, grabbing every customer that you possibly can and overworking yourself at the very beginning of your career. And and that's where I suppose I'm trying to educate groomers as to, you know, pricing and worth and and stuff like that to, to make sure that they go out there and able to say no to people and have charge a higher price so they don't have to do so much. Correct. But what's also lovely about this podcast and having people like yourself on and, and other groomers is it it demonstrates how diverse the grooming industry as well is. Yeah. And you don't have to just do dog grooming all your life. There's yeah. diversity there, isn't there? Like yeah. going into That's products, definitely. going into showing, going into shows, going into uh, cat grooming and all sorts of stuff like that. Well, you know, you know, when when Mrs. Smith brings her shih tzu to you, she wants, she's buying your service. Yeah. She's buying your education. And this is what I've always said to groomers beforehand. You know, outside of that dog going to the vet, you are the only other person that knows what is going on on that dog's skin, in that coat, you know. And, and still today, we see it every day of the week, some of the customers that bring their dogs in and they're matted they're felted you know and I've often said you know sometimes I really think that the UK is not a nation of animal lovers we're a nation of animal keepers <laughs> yeah but that but those people are coming to you for a service and so now if they come for you for a service that you know at the end of the day you need to sell yourself better you need to sell yourself and like what you said Bill you know don't sell yourself cheap mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've been down, you've been to college, you've been to, you've trained, you know, and you've been, you stand on your legs eight hours a day. You might be doing four to five dogs a day. You go home absolutely knackered, just like the next groomer. That customer has to pay for it. No, that's it. And and I suppose some of, some of the times, and there is a podcast in this, I'm sure, alive, like it's not their fault, it's ours. And, and quite often it's our fault for not, explaining or telling or showing people how hard a job grooming actually is mm. no not mm. not the the customer quite often will drop the dog off in the reception or at the door and then a few hours later out comes a lovely looking great smelling happy mm. dog but they don't know the the time and the effort and the you know what you've been through in those couple of hours with that dog yeah exactly exactly that so yeah don't be afraid to sell your worth people yeah. all, people will always want quality that's it definitely that's it. and hence why well, it goes back to the comment we said earlier about the recession i'm mm-hmm. i'm not going to pin pin that on the wall and say it's recession proof <laughs> but yeah. you can definitely uh service industry will definitely get through recessions quite well yeah most definitely for sure yeah for sure so what's your um do you know what your what your best selling product is on your website? Yeah, I'll clip it quattro clipper. <laughs> so that's how you just come out, isn't it? Well, that came out over uh, just over a year ago. So it oh. had its birthday about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um and uh yeah, we we uh, it's it's doing extremely well, that that clipper for us. And um and, and you know, and it's to- it is different to other clippers out there because again going back to looking after yourself you know most clippers weigh about 500 or 600 grams and you you know you're you're hanging you've got like a brick in your hand so that helps that gives you pain in your shoulder and your elbow 
So this this little machine, I've just seen if I've got one here, I don't think I have, but this little machine weighs only 250 grams. And most people, when they look at it, they go, oh, it's a trimmer. I go, no, it's not a trimmer, it's a clipper. <laughs> and it runs at 8,000 strokes a minute. So on a normal clipper that would run that, having a stainless steel blade on, it would heat up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because what, what groomers obviously, you know, are, well, I'm slowly educating people that when a blade runs fast like that, you know, without oil, metal expands and it heats up, the blade gets tight, and that's when it stops cutting properly. Um, so the blades that come with the clipper, the, the, the clip it quattro, are titanium. So titanium is, um, is, a, is a complete steel, unlike stainless steel that's made up of two, two different alloys. alloys. And um, so it stays cool. So, again, going back to the students that are not educated to oil their blades every five to ten minutes, that blade will stay cool. So I don't advocate not oiling. Obviously, I do advocate oiling every five to ten minutes. But what I'm trying to say is, Bill, even if you forget to oil your clipper, it stays cool. So, you know, it's it's it, and it's so small. It gets into all the tiny you know areas that, you know, hard to reach areas. So it's got a lot of um, attributes, positive uh, ticks in the box for groomers to move over to this clipper. But truthfully, I do actually say it's more like a finishing clipper. So all the blades are F blades. So they range from a 40 right up to a 3F. You don't get any skip tooth in this in this clipper because it's truly a finishing clipper. So normally I would say to a groomer, use your um, you know, your Andis or your Heinegger, whatever it is, to take off the rough cut. Mm-hmm. And use the Quattro Clipper for the ultimate finishing. Um, and some of the finishes I've seen is actually quite amazing with this little clipper. And it's a revolutionary clipper. Is it, uh, is it cordless or char- yeah, charge? Yeah, it's cordless. So the uh, another unique feature is three-hour charge will give you solid six-hour runtime. And I've been told by groomers they can do at least seven big dogs before that needs charging. And that on the handpiece, there's a unique feature. It tells you when it needs charging, and you only charge it when it gets to 20%. Because what the industry is known for with a cordless clipper, clip off the dog, finish the dog, stick the clipper back in the charging unit. That's the worst thing that you can do. And I try to educate groomers to say, don't do that. You only charge it when it shows you at 20%, then you charge it. And then if it happens that you're halfway through a dog and you do run out of charge, the cable that charges the um, that goes into the charging hub can go into the base of the clipper and you can use it as a corded. Awesome. I've had that with a with a uh, a new groomer who messaged me going, oh, my, my clippers have run out of charge halfway through. And she's desperately trying to find someone that could uh, lend us some clippers to finish the job off. But obviously, again, you've seen that problem. Mm. And and, uh, and made uh, adjustments for it. Yeah, and also again, you see, Bill. The other unique feature about this clipper is obviously me having a, a sharpening company, so I know exactly about clipper blades. But you know, the average blade um, will need sharp. Depending on how many dogs they're doing a day, average four to five dogs. So you know, your blades would need to be sent away every three months, let's say. With my blades, what you do is you buy yourself a brand new top cutter which is about the same price as what you would pay to have it sharpened. I mail it to you and you literally take out the old top cutter. You slide the new top cutter in it and off you go again. And that one little top cutter 
will either fit the 40 or it'll fit a 3F. Because on other blades, even though you, you might get a ceramic top cutter, you there are different top cutters for different lengths of blades. But with my blades, it's actually the sole plate that depicts the length of the cut, not the top cutter. So the top cutter, let's say, so you know what? You can do all your maintenance and you haven't got to worry about sending your clipper off to be, um, your clipper blades off to be sharpened. Awesome. So do you, um, do you concentrate when you're looking at development, do you concentrate on dogs? Um, Do you have a dog range and a cat range? Because we're very much into dogs and cats in this. Yeah. I I like pushing the cat grooming as well as the dog grooming. At the moment, um, obviously cats is still on the back burner, truthfully, um, because obviously at the end of the day, when it comes to um, developing cat shampoos, you've got to be very careful because mm-hmm. there's some products that cats can't have in a sh- cat shampoo. Yeah. Um, so, um, so mainly at the moment, our, our main areas is dog grooming and obviously the horse grooming. But, um, but yeah, we, we are forever developing. We're working on a new detangled product at the moment. Um, so that um, is, is in the pipeline as well. We're bringing on a conditioner to go with the other shampoos that we've developed so um, yeah, there's lot there's lots of things, Bill, that's coming on in the park. I can't sit still for five minutes. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what drives you? What drives you on to uh, to develop all this? I th- passion, I think. Passion, yeah. actually, to see someone have a smile on their face that you've actually. You've you've created something for somebody that has made their life easier. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's that's what it's about. And that's what you need, isn't it? It's that that core pillar of passion around around what you're doing. And that's I, I read a book the other day, and it's like passion is propellant. Mm. And that's very true. You can see it in yourself, can't you? You're, you you light up when you you were talking about your products and and the industry. Yeah, you know, some days I work twelve hours a day, and um, and you know we're we're all not getting any younger in this world. And you know I. Uh, and I still feel like, you know, <clears throat> there's a whole lot of other things that I can provide and give to the industry. Um, but, you know, it's I'm very conscious of the fact that, you know, time's ticking away. As they mm-hmm. say. You know, we're all heading for retirement. And, um, and you know, I, I want to build a creditable company that people can come along and go, do you know what? I know what Clipit stands for. I'm going to go and buy Clipit over, you know, other brands. And that's that's where I'm driving it to, Bill, really. I don't know if I could ever see you retiring. Having probably not. You, <laughs> having just met you. Probably not, no. <laughs> You'd yeah. always be like, what are you doing? Have you spoken to this person? Yeah. Are, you, are you following up with that? What email? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, um, we've we also, Clip has also become a um, an accredited IPET network training um, um, provider. Mm. So, again, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're talking to the industry now about the shampoo and skincare course. Um, <clears throat> I'm talking for IPET. Um, I think it's October at, um, at Cheshire Zoo, you know, about biosecurity. So I'm very fortunate, Bill, that there's a, there's a lot of subjects that I can talk um, effectively on mm. from obviously 35 years that it's given me, you know. It's, yeah, and it's people, it's companies like Clipit and yourselves that, that do help to push the industry forward mm-hmm. as well, isn't it? You know, bringing these new products uh and new services into the industry helps yeah. the industry as a whole to move forwards correct it, and it has to and it, and it has changed over the years and it has changed to be in a much better position 
Mm. But, you know, I, I think it can move again forward, most definitely. And do you, um, obviously you're a UK-based company, but do you supply internationally? Yeah, we supply um, We uh, supply to the US. It's all in individuals. Mm-hmm. We are actually in the process at the moment of looking for um, a distributor in the US because we, we do ship to the US and Canada quite a lot, um, primarily for the Clippet suit. So, yeah, we are actually looking to uh, to widen our territories. Um, I'd like to, at some point, believe that Clippet could be a world brand okay. for grooming. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Because, you know, when you look at my logo and stuff like it's all, I've you know, I've invested in it and it's all trademarked. Um, I believe in the brand. I believe I know what I can bring to the pet industry. And I, I foresee it being a world brand eventually, Bill. That's my, yeah. that's my hope and aspirations. Yeah, well, I mean, this the Facebook group and podcast is international, so maybe there's yeah. someone out there listening yeah. thinking, I could perhaps take on Clip It and give it its uh, US yeah. distribution. <laughs> most definitely. That's what we're looking for, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about um, how people can get hold of you. How can people go and view your products? Where do they find them? Okay, so our website is www.clipit-grooming.com. So that's our online store. Um, we are on all the social media channels, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we're on it. YouTube, we're building our YouTube channels. We've got two great ambassadors. We've got Sue Oliver at Sue Oliver um, Grooming School. And also we've got Joseph from Scissor Hounds down in Worthing. They're, they're creating content for us, great content. So, so you, you can, you know, you can follow them as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can go to all the social media channels. You know, we're always at the end of either a messenger box or our online chat box. So yeah, we're very easy to get hold of, Bill. Awesome. And what shows will you be doing in the next couple of? Couple so of- on Sunday, um, I'll be at Premier Groom. Um, in fact, I'm giving the Scissor and Clipper workshop, um, so people can come and understand all about how equipment works, what scissors to buy. Uh, what do you do when a blade doesn't work, you know, when it got out of the brand new packet? So we'll be there uh, this Sunday with our trade stand. Then at the end of August, we are going to the Dog Edition show, which is the holistic show in um, Stoneleigh at the end of August. Then as we move through, we start to then move into the equine shows. Um, so we will be at the London International Hall show again um the groomers market in all the shots so yeah we've got a few shows in, uh, coming along in the pipeline for the end of this year yeah awesome and, and do you attend these yourself are you yeah. on the stands so yeah they, and helen on. helen that works and helen's another one she, helen used to work for me at groomers she left groomers and is now supporting me on clip it so um yeah two two pa- i would say two powerful women bill awesome. um, driving a business forward definitely and and this is what I love is is getting the the face behind the companies mm. out, you know, so people get to know you, they can see who you are. So when they come to these trade shows, they can say, "Oh, hi," you know, I know yeah. you, I know where you come from. So yeah, for sure, no, for sure. And you know what? Hats off to you, Bill, for you know help, helping and driving the industry forward and supporting, because you know it it takes people like us to to put our arms around the industry to support it. I think someone said one groomer at a time. I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, we'll catch up at um, probably Greenfest, I think, is the next one. Oh, yeah, and Greenfest. Yeah, we'll be at Greenfest. Yeah. And then yeah, Brewers Market. Yeah. So well, I'll make sure I catch up with you then as well. So, okay, Bill. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming along and, and educating us about Clippet Grooming. So, no, thank uh, you. I appreciate put, the time. I'll put all your websites and everything into the comments as well. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Have a good Wednesday. Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by Lopay. Head over to www.lopay.com to find out more about their payment solution.